The views and opinions expressed on the 108 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 108 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to yet another episode of the 108 Podcast. You can call me Officer Y. We have a special episode of the podcast today. You see, one thing I wanted to take advantage of when I was given some sort of platform, and yes, I said given. Yes, I know. I made the Instagram page and I've made all of the content, but it was you, and I mean all of you, wonderful people that liked, shared, and interacted with me throughout the past year or so that kept me going. And indeed, you gave me this opportunity. So what I wanted to do was to bring cops together. Now, I'm not at the point where I'm ready to build a police community website, though that very well may be on the horizon someday. I don't know. But what I wanted to do is give a place where cops can come together, give their two cents, and it be a safe place. There's no IA. There's no admin here. Just a couple of hardworking people kicking back and talking shop and having their conversation heard by more than just those couple people. Now, as much as I would like to, I can't travel across the country and have a beer and break bread with all the amazing cops out in the world. But the Instagram page success, and now the podcast, has allowed me to talk to cops I never would have been able to. So that brings us to this moment in time today. With that, I bring you the Cop Council. The Cop Council will be a once-in-a-month installment of the podcast where I bring two or more cops together and we talk about issues. You can think of it as some kind of group therapy. On today's episode, I am joined by two meme page runners from my old home state of New Jersey, so already we have like three or four things in common. The meme lords that join me today go by the Instagram handles Red Gun Squad and Frank underscore Castle 361. Now today's episode, being the first of this installment, doesn't get as deep as future ones will. Listen, as I hope I've made abundantly clear in my previous episodes, I'm comfortable with saying what needs to be said, and nothing I've said to date has been illegal, immoral, or in any way confidential. Listen, I'm just some idiot with a microphone and an opinion, and it could very easily be any one of you people listening that is spewing what I call brain droppings. But with that, I also want to make it very clear, and I know we had the disclaimer in the beginning, as we do every episode, but you know, now as we're going into like issues as opposed to just... I just want to make it very clear that anything discussed by the cop council or me on the show is just an opinion, and I don't consider myself an expert in anything. Okay. Today, Red, Frank, and myself, we spend the better part of the discussion talking about what it's like to be Italian and from New Jersey, with a few non-sequiturs about policing during the corona pandemic and in the post-George Floyd world. So, uh, strap in, listen up, and sit back. Here comes my conversation with Red Gun Squad and Frank Castle 361. (laughs) 
All right, and I am back. And now with me are two meme lords in their own respect. One makes some funny, funny police memes, and the other one just kind of shares a lot. But I have to tell you that he has probably the most diverse taste in music I've ever seen. Uh, And I thought I was good, but this guy impresses me beyond anything with his music. But anyway, with me is the Red Gun Squad and Frank Castle. Guys, go ahead and introduce yourself. Frank, you want to go first? No, you go first. It's good. All right. This is Red Gun Squad. What's up, everybody? That's R-E-D-G-U-N-S-Q-U-A-D. That's the Instagram handle. New to the game. It's uh, been a fun, I don't know, like two and a half, three months, I think I started it. Uh, But it's been fun, you know, getting to know everybody. Uh, Obviously, I'm a Jersey boy. That's why uh, 10-8 brought me on out here. He's got some Jersey flair to him. Uh, so let's have some fun with this. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's Frank Castle, Frank under, underscore Castle 361. Uh, been on uh, Instagram for a while now, sharing some uh, decent memes, exploring all over pretty much uh, from 10 8 memes, Red Gun Squad. Another shout out to uh, Blue Line Grit, fellow uh, Jersey boy. Yeah, he was going to be here, but he's too busy. I don't, I don't even know. Saving the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's something like that. Um, <laughs> all right, so yeah, we are all Jersey boys. Um, are you okay? So we'll start with Red. Um, are you from North or South Jersey? I am North Jersey pride, baby. What about you, Frank? Same, North Jersey. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm from North Jersey too. So this is going to be a very biased episode. That's okay. Um, just to kind of give you an idea, um, Taylor Ham or Pork Roll? What is it? Taylor Ham. Taylor Ham, don't even say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't speak that blasphemy here. It's, right. it's actually insulting. Exactly, exactly. There's um somebody in the law enforcement community that insists that because the other one is the product and the other one's the brand name, that it's the other way around. But that's that's a South Jersey, Jersey Shore kind of way of thinking. Yeah, I, I can't even stand that argument. That's like saying if you get a boo boo on your arm, what do you use? A band aid or an adhesive bandage? You use a band aid. <laughs> well like yeah, right? Q Q tip or a cotton swab. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Come on. Right. But. Right. Exactly. So, um, all right, you guys are North Jersey, so this may not apply to you guys, but I figured this is a very Jersey question. Uh, what's your exit number? Exit 19. No, I'm up at, uh, if, well, we, I'll give you both. I'm 153 and I'm 16W. Okay. Ooh. And I was uh, 12 on 80 because I'm nowhere near the turnpike or the parkway. All right. So uh, are you guys from Jersey originally or, or are you guys brought in? Yeah, and no, I've been Jersey my whole life. Uh, born and raised. Never left. Well, I've left the state, but it uh, drags me back in, you know? Yeah, like in The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very similar, too. I think I'm the only one. Yeah, I'm the only one between the four of us, Grit included, that actually got to leave the state. But it's what they say, like, when you leave, you can't really come back because you can't really afford to come back. Yeah, pretty much. No, I mean, this state's out of control with all that. It's, it's, it's getting wild. It's getting worse. They just raised the gas tax. Uh, I will tell you the one thing that, well, not, there's a lot of things that I miss, um, since I've been down here, but the one thing is having to pump my own gas. That is terrible. Um, I remember when I first moved down here, I was at a gas station and like most of the gas pumps are pretty easy. You punch in and you go, but there was one where you have to like lift a lever that I had absolutely no idea. I felt so embarrassed, but I was like, I'm from Jersey. Like we don't, we don't do this. 
yeah, it's always it's always that awkward moment when you like go out of state and like forget that they're not going to pump your gas for you. So you mm-hmm. sit there for like 30 seconds, like what the hell is happening? And then all of a sudden you're like, ah, crap, I'm over the border. <laughs> yep, for sure. And I mean, um, it was so bad that when I took a road trip back up to Jersey, um, I got to, I think it was Maryland and there was a full service gas station. I was so happy that the guy came over to pump my gas. I was just like, go. And I just like, I tipped him. I was so, so ecstatic. You, you guys don't know how lucky you have it. I mean, if you go out of state, I guess you do, but so speaking of Jersey, speaking of the craziness, how has it been policing in New Jersey during this whole Corona nonsense? <laughs> Where do we begin? Uh, Red, what do you think? I mean, from my point of view, it's the days of being proactive are gone for now until uh, either things clear up or we'll see uh, what happens after the election. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll echo that to you almost precisely exactly what you just said, because it's the proactivity is just gone. Like the amount of motor vehicle stops that are being made, unless someone's driving recklessly, there are 450, which 450 for everybody's DWI in Jersey. Unless somebody's doing something insane on the road, you're not stopping cars. You're not making those interactions. You're not, you know, in the middle of the night, stopping people in the street, you know, riding their bicycle at 2 a.m. Like you're just not making those interactions anymore. It's, it's like a whole new world of police. And, and now everything being so readily available and everyone looking for that instant gratification of social media and becoming YouTube sensations. It's, you know, you're one call away from being the next YouTube star inadvertently with just trying to do your job. Right. And in a negative light at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we're going to touch on the, that part of it in just a minute, but talking about like, Red and I were talking about it before Frank joined us um, off the air. Like how, how did your department react to the initial shutdown of, of everything? I'd say with everything with COVID, it's becoming more and more strict with ensuring that social distancing is in effect masks, you know, every, you know, now every day, it's just making sure that you're healthy, you're coming to work and you're good. Yeah, Frank, I don't know about with your department, but my department, I was talking to uh, 10 about this, like what, right when this whole thing started, we were obviously in the epicenter over here because we're the, we're the tri-state right by the city. And it was, you know, right when COVID came out and was the, that whole mass panic, everything locked down. My department went to like this crazy strict schedule. They pulled every from the, from everyone from the DB, everyone from traffic, any specialized unit, you're back on the road doing patrol. And we just... We weren't like going to calls. We weren't, uh, you know, we were taking reports over the phone for the first time in like the history of policing. Yeah. Like no one was allowed in the building and stuff like that. If you, it, you had to go like out of your way to like not arrest people. Which makes sense. You know, it's all, also pretty much it comes from the brass down where, you know, admins, you get guys that get promoted, forget what it's like to be on patrol. And then now they're making these insane SOPs or standard operating procedures or rules and guidelines. And they think that, you know, they have the best interest, but at the same time, they're also basically locking their employees in and their officers, you know, into not being as active or just turning like not a blind eye, but just not seeking out arrests or putting themselves out there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, so it's interesting that you guys said that, so you're not allowed to make any proactive stop whatsoever, unless it's something totally egregious. Is that, that's basically where you guys are at? 
I wouldn't say it's to that point, but I would just say that it's it's more so like be mindful. Like you're not going to stop someone for cell phone or you know s- stupid uh, Title Thirty Nine motor vehicle infraction. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you you like my supervisor look at me like I got you know two heads if I call something out on the radio and it's not like something worthwhile. They'll be like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it, it was definitely like that when we first started in Florida. So basically when – I want to say when Disney shut down, everyone in Florida was like, oh, so this is serious. And then it was like, all right, how do we – you know, I mean, that was definitely like the shocking section. So what my department did was um, they went and said, all right, if you are working – we're going to break your shift up. So half of the shift is going to come in. Let's say you start at six o'clock. You're going to come in at six. You're going to go home at 12 on a, on a 12 hour shift. And then the rest of the squad is going to come in at 12 and work till six. So that was the way they broke up and kind of depleted the numbers. But if you were a detective, uh, a motor cop, if you were any kind of crime suppression or jump out, you were going to pick up that slack. If things started getting busy, you were going to hop in, start taking calls. But what they also did, uh, because everything shut down, we weren't doing any off-duty gigs or anything like that, is they would have all these overtime slots, which was burglary suppression. And you could just basically for 12 hours go sit in a parking lot and you were making sure no one broke into a store. Um, but, I mean, at that point, you're just getting getting some good money. So that helped, but – as far and you know they did little things to kind of boost morale i don't know if you guys got this but like they kind of waived a lot of the policies that we joke about you know the beard policy the take home car policy things like that did that change at all for you guys um i mean pretty much the whole thing with the uh any facial hair and the masks kind of like it was like stay clean shaven stuff like that you know nothing that's going to interfere with uh, okay. properly wearing the mask, that makes sense. See, and for us, it was the opposite of that. They were like, yeah, no, go ahead and, and grow your stuff out. We're good with that. So I don't know. I mean, that may not have been a corona thing, but it was just I, – I feel like that was like a little morale boost. Like, all right, well, you know, things are kind of sucky right now, but – and then there you go. Yeah, no, I wish we had uh, – I wish we had something like that. We, uh, we, we got no slack. We were still strict. We were still pretty strict on that part. Now, are you guys both assigned to patrol or like something similar to that? Or are you guys special operations? You know, I'm on patrol. I'm on like this weird hybrid type thing. So in my department, I'm half the time I'm on patrol. And then the other half of the time, I'm basically on loan to like the county prosecutor's office. So I'm on a task force for them. So half the time I'm humping calls. And then the other half of the time, I'm like a on loan detective. So, so you guys definitely have seen everything that's kind of unfolded since the Corona shutdown. We're talking the Minnesota thing, the Wisconsin thing. You've seen that up front. How was that? How have the, have the protests or riots, have they affected your area at all? Red, you going first or? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I mean, yeah, we got following the George Floyd thing. We got crushed so uh you know my county we uh we basically had protests in every single town for like every day we had about four different towns in my county had a protest at the same exact time so if you worked in one municipality you were going to another one just helping them out with their protests their marches riots uh you know every day was something new 
it was uh it was pretty wild it has since tapered off uh i'd say like around like july 4th it kind of calmed down uh but it seems like it's gonna be picking up pretty soon yeah especially in my area i mean protests and everything were going on you know every day or every other day and like what red said you know it's I think once the trial with everything that happened with George Floyd, you know, commences and then right around election time, I feel that it's probably just going to go into overdrive with everything. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. And it's unfortunate because, you know, we've kind of, we as law enforcement have been restrained, like we were saying from the Corona and now we've got to deal with everything else and morale, I mean, let's just, let's just call it what it is. Morale is so dangerously low in this profession that it's hard to see where we're going from here, you know? Well, completely agree with you. Morale, I mean, morale was trending down as it was. And then every time we have, uh, you know, every time we make national news and we all get lumped into that same group again, it just, it really, you know, it strikes a chord with every officer in the country. Oh, without a doubt. You know, anyone that, you know, there are people that, take this as a job and then there are people that you know they see it as a profession like a calling they've worked hard for it they understand like the ins and outs and to them like seeing how everything affects law enforcement as a whole throughout the nation it strikes a little bit deeper so it's you know you gotta check on you know your brothers your sisters you want to make sure everyone's good you know especially with morale nowadays it's crazy because i definitely did not start my page for this reason. And I don't know about you guys. I think Frank, you were on Instagram way before I was and, and read, I mean, your page is fairly new as you were saying, but our memes seem to kind of give, give, I don't know, a little light to a very dark time. It definitely does. Like, and, and anyone that, you know, they put their heart and soul into this, they see those memes and they're like, Oh, you know, that, you know, that strikes home or, you know, I can relate to that. And, you know, it's good, especially, you know, it's almost like meme therapy, like you're pretty much giving someone an out or like a way to like make light of a situation and, you know, in a sense, boost morale. Yeah, Frank, you really nailed it on the head there saying like it's a meme therapy it, it, because, you know, you both know the way cops are. You know, you go to a call, it could be the most effed up call that you've been to. And then you go out either to the bar or, you know, you go grab a bite with your buddies after after work and you guys hash it out and. You know, cops obviously. Yeah, if someone overheard our conversations, we have six sense of humor. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah. But that's the way we deal with it. So that's the same as these memes. Is it's just a coping mechanism. You know, it's just us. You know, we all relate to having the same experiences. So it's you know fun to laugh together. Yeah. Right. And you know, deep down, we love the job. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like we wouldn't. Yeah, we wouldn't do anything else. But at the same time, it's like you know, it's like whatever situation or whatever call we have or whatever you know happens with admin brass coworkers, whatever you know you you, you can make a meme you can be like oh i can relate to that or yeah you know that's that's a good point you get a little chuckle out of it you know some people may right. get butt hurt but it's like you know it is what it is you don't have to take it hard it take it for what it's well, like. people get butt hurt yeah exactly oh for sure yeah. <laughs> i mean but you know when you, when you come down to comedy and and uh jerry seinfeld said this several years ago he's like you can't be politically correct in comedy it just doesn't work you have to say something that's gonna piss somebody off that's the funny part like if you're just gonna make you know non part you know offensive to somebody uh material then you know who are you you're barney at that point like you're you're, you're wasting your time you're wasting your effort um 
but yeah, no, you guys are absolutely right. I think what, when I started this, cause I was not really well-versed in like cops that were outside of my agency, you know? Um, like I, I followed poorly, poorly made police memes and that was it. Um, <clears throat> and the only reason I started my page was because someone somehow shared my meme and it went viral. So I made my page just to get some credit. But then finding out that all these cops are dealing with the exact same issues that I'm dealing with, I had no idea. Like, I didn't know that somebody in Hawaii or Wisconsin or whatever is dealing with the same kind of silly stuff. Not even like the big things, like the big things that I'm good with, but dealing with, you know, an evidence clerk or a records clerk that just busts your balls all the time or something like that. I had no idea. And it's really, it's good to feel like I'm not the only one. You know? Oh, absolutely. And like what you said with poorly made police memes, like I've been following them for a while and I feel like they were almost like the catalyst to the uh, meme game. And then from there, you know, you had different groups that offset, you know, you had Southpaw operator. I'm not sure if he's still around, you know? Oh, wow. I forgot yeah. Southpaw, you know, it's what else there's um, any, any like thin blue line pages, some of the memes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From there. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. Is it just memes or do you guys like have any aspirations to kind of go elsewhere with these, this cop related humor? I mean, for me, it's, uh, I kind of get a a kick out of just making the memes. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, if that's all it ends up turning out to be, I'm good with it. You know, as long as like every once in a while I'll get like a DM or like a a comment, like, yo, your memes are hilarious. Yo, they brighten on my day. They give me a smile. I'm going through the same thing. That's all I really look for, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's my little selfishness right there. Is if I could, if I could make somebody laugh, I'll make somebody laugh. Well, that's the thing, you know. It's, you know, ten eight has been following me for a while, and same with Red, and you know the memes. I just do it just because, just it's fun. It's you know you put a good meme out there for the day. You know, like what Red said, could be someone having a bad day. They see that, you know, brightens up their mood a little bit. Or you know, I'll take memes and just somehow find like the right music track to it and i'm like oh this fits and i'll get people like in dm saying like you know you always pick the right music or you know your mm-hmm. memes are great you're you know i i needed that and it's it's good that's all that's all it is like what late george carlin would say he's like i'm here to me- merely entertain and inform that's it yeah no absolutely and um that's that's a good segue like are there any stand-up comics Okay, George Carlin, I feel like he's like everyone's free space on the bingo board. But any other like comics that you guys follow, you guys enjoy? For me, uh, Robin Williams, Chris Titus, uh, let's see, well, Richard Pryor, like all the classics, that, those were my mm-hmm. like go-to. I remember watching Eddie Murphy Delirious when I was 10, 11, which probably explains why I have such a messed up. I was going to say, too young to be yeah. watching Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a big uh, I'm a big stand up fan. Uh, you know, I'll I'll basically go anywhere just for a stand up comedy show. Whether you know, mm-hmm. being so close to the city, I'll go into you know Gotham Comedy Club or Caroline's, anything like that. Uh, Sebastian Maniscalco's hysterical. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I think Red that might have been how we started talking. I think we were starting to talk about like, you know, his comedy and yeah, he's one of the like modern, I guess modern uh, comics that I really enjoy him and like John Mulaney are kind of the newest wave of comics that I really enjoy. Yeah. And that's the funny part about them is that like, they're, I guess in the sense they clean comics, but they're hysterical, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, my dad showed me George Carlin when I was 
you know, just like Frank said, too young to be listening to George Carlin. But I mean, that just kind of shaped my, it's weird to say that a comic shaped my view of the world, but I remember being, I don't know, sometime in early high school, I want to say freshman, sophomore year. And I listened to his uh, religion is bullshit speech for a bit. And I mean, it, it, that's just like everything clicked at that point. I was like, yeah, that all makes a hundred percent sense right now. Absolutely. Do you guys have any like bits like that, that like really resonated with you? Um, I remember I did see George Carlin in person once he uh, did it. He did a show. Yeah. Out in, uh, North Jersey back in, I want to say, 01. So it was like right before, you know, everything like everything went down with 9-11. And uh, just hearing his whole skits, like the 730 words you can't say on TV, you know, the mm-hmm. Ten Commandments, you know, his, his views. I, I really, if he was around today, I can only imagine the amount of material he would have with everything going on. Oh, absolutely. I always go, I, I'm going to go back to... Sebastian Maniscalco again, because for me, somebody that sticks with me is him just because, you know, I'm from North Jersey. I'm an Italian American. So everything he says like resonates with me and my family. So it's Mm -hmm. just, it's just hysterical. I don't know if you saw the one skit of, uh, you know, him talking about family back in the day. If someone rang the doorbell, oh, and the company comes to the door, the door. Or yeah. yeah, yeah, the whole family was like, "Oh my God, come in, come have a glass of wine, come sit down." And now today, everyone's like, "Turn the lights off, shut the blinds." Who is that? Yeah. <laughs> who's who's right. turning around in the driveway? Yeah, yeah, and of course, the uh, enemies on the counter that you just don't touch. Oh my God. I feel like that was like <laughs> that's like a staple in my house because my mother is, you know, we're we're half Italian, so it's enemies. It's you know, anytime company came over, it's like, "You good? You want to eat?" No, I'm full. No, you're eating. Sorry, don't worry. Sit down. Make yourself a plate. Don't yeah. worry. I made you yeah, a plate. Exactly. Made you yeah, it's like no matter what. Oh, my God. Talk about Italian. I got a funny story about Italian mothers. Jesus. My mom. So my mom is like like that old school Italian annoying mom. <laughs> right, right. So I got, obviously, when I got moved into my position, I got a, a work phone. So I made the mistake of, I thought I prefaced it properly. I told my mom, I was like, this is an emergency phone line ever. Like, do not call this number unless you are dying. I was like, it's only for emergencies. So I said, call my regular phone. If I don't answer, ignore me. I said, if it's an emergency, call my work phone. The next day, I get a phone call on my work phone because I didn't answer. I'm in the middle of an intersection directing traffic. And my work (laughs) phone rings. And I go, Ma, what's up? What's wrong? And she goes, do you want lunch? (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me right now? She goes, no, I thought you'd be hungry. I know you're working. I was like, I said, this is for emergency. She goes, she goes if you're hungry, that's an emergency. Yeah, that's that's really something like my mom would say. So I need this to say, I told her, delete the number. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, my mom, well, she passed before I became a cop, but she was, you know, she was what, 4'11", I think. And that's only if you stretched her the right, you know, right amount. It's very oh. tiny, very tough. Uh, my dad was a cop up in uh, West Orange when, uh, when, when we lived up there and he told me the story and he and my mom went out one day when he was off, off duty. And this guy was standing next to them at the bar and he's smoking a cigar. So obviously inside of a bar, this is a long time ago. And he kept blowing uh, smoke where, where my mom was standing and she got so pissed. She went up, grabbed him by the collar of his shirt, pulled him down and said, if you blow that smoke in my face one more time, I'm going to stick that cigar up your ass. <laughs> so my dad, 
grabbed her and was like, we need to go. And they walked out. Well, it turns out that that guy was some kind of mob hitman that my dad knew from work. So they were, they were in the same bar and it was kind of that thing where like, you know, I see you, you see me and we're just going to go our separate ways. But then that happened and they were like, nope, we're leaving. So, I mean, that's just the fiery Italian mother that, that I had. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you on that one. And then, um, yeah, I mean, we could just keep going on and on about, about mom stories, but that's kind of like the old school Italian mom type of thing. So what, what do you think is the best food in Jersey? And you guys got to talk slowly because I'm in Florida. Food is not the same. So, uh, Frank, you want to go first? I mean, this is a topic. Let me tell you, Jesus. Best food. Oof. I mean, I mean, that, yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, the three best, like if I leave the state, the three foods when I come back that I want, I want pizza, I want a hot dog, and I want a bagel. Okay. I think you forgot Chinese food, but yeah. Yeah, you're yeah it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about Chinese food, Chinese food too, but yeah, those, uh, I don't know. I, I, you could probably, you're, you're in Florida right now. You could probably tell, but bagels for some reason, I don't know if it's the water. I don't know what it is. Bagels out of New Jersey. They just taste different. I don't know what it is. Right. Well, it's gotta be the water. It's gotta be, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, even our governor, I don't, I, I could talk, <laughs> I could talk about our governor for forever, but the one thing he got right is telling Chicago that they're doing bagels wrong. Yeah, I, I don't even – like if you want to get a bagel in Florida, especially like my area, you got to get it from the store. Like there's no good bakery with a good bagel with the right amount of crust around it. It's just – it's it's a sad state of affairs. We were talking before we all came on about, you know, the Taylor Ham conundrum that you just can't get it if you're not in Jersey. Yeah, that seems to be like what separates everyone for Jersey. It's like it's a Taylor Ham or pork ball. It's Taylor Ham. It's obvious. That's what it's been. It's what it's always going to be. It's like, it's the New Jersey, like, specialty. Right. Like, you come to a New Jersey, you go to a diner at 2 a.m., you get a Taylor ham, egg and cheese or something. Like, it, it's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not in Jersey, if you're not from Jersey, and you hear people talking about Taylor ham, like, even my girlfriend, she's lifelong Floridian, and she's like, oh, so it, it's a ham. I was like, no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but it's not exactly... And she's like, you know, I try to explain it to her and she's, and she's looking at it and she's like, so it's like spam. I was like, no, no, don't, don't go calling it spam. Don't ruin his reputation. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, Frank, I don't know if you know, if you, you noticed this, but like, if you have a friend from like out of state and you like suggest like where you want to go to eat, like to go get a great quick bite of food or something like that, it's usually a diner. Yeah. Like, is that the same for you? Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Like diners in New Jersey, like people from out of state must think we're crazy because we're like, oh, let's go to a diner. And they probably think, right. oh, you're cheap or you're trashy. Like, no, diners in New Jersey are like gourmet meals. Yeah, absolutely. I remember um, I was up in New Jersey probably two years ago now. And my buddy took us out to, I think, the Jefferson Diner. And I mean, it, yeah, exactly. It felt like I was at like a five-star restaurant. It was yeah. absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with a diner, especially, I mean, like, you know, back there in college you're, you'd be out to like two three in the morning and it's like all right uh nothing else is open let's go hit up a diner it was like the way to like properly send off a night yeah meanwhile here we're dealing with ihop denny's you know all the, or or just trash fast food it's not the same and even it, it's crazy because we have diners here or diners i'm doing big air quotes but they close at like seven o'clock at night like no that's not a diner that's not a diner yeah, no that, that's just a casual restaurant diners don't close even if their lights are off they're not closed like that's they might not change the neon light bulbs but they ain't closed yeah actually where i grew up 
I mean, I can talk about where I grew up because I'm not in there anymore. I can't get in trouble. But uh, my hometown, our diner was actually in the original Friday the 13th. That's really? like, yeah, that's our claim to fame. The um, the part, like, well, the original one from like the 80s, they used our town uh, right outside of the Poconos for, I'd say, 90% of the first Friday the 13th. Huh. Yeah. So like, you know, the big thing up there, like when there is a Friday the 13th, they do like this whole convention and like, you know, people walk around dressed like Jason yeah, they or whatever. Go, they it's go kinda, all out. Oh, yeah. You know, you're, you're from, you you know where that's Yeah. At. Actually, Red, didn't you, you used to go up there too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you guys know what I'm talking about. So, okay. What do you guys do outside of work on your time off? What do you, what do you guys do? What, what's your thing? Fred, you go first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. Yeah. My thing is uh, I enjoy uh, working out, running. I've uh, been doing um, MMA for 13, 14 years now. So jujitsu, Muay Thai, and uh, dabbled in a little bit in the uh, Israeli martial arts. Nice. A little Krav Maga right there? Uh, yeah, it's it's based off that. So yeah, I figured, you know, it's the best way to burn off some steam, especially de-stress and everything. It's great. Don't fight Frank. He's going to kick your ass. Nah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm harmless. <laughs> I'm harmless. You're harmless until you're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, for me, you know, I'd say I'd be working out but i blew my back out so i haven't worked out in quite a while uh i just ride the bike right now (laughs) (laughs) so that's my workout it's pathetic i feel horrible but uh you know i got two dogs i like to go take them up the mountain go hike big fisher you know uh, things like that i don't like being cooped up in a house or anything so you know all my friends are like oh it's gonna play cold duty after work i was like I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I mean, going to go can, out and do something. Right. I can do that. Like I can come home and like veg out on the couch after work, but on my day off, I, I got to go do something. I can't be cooped up in the house, which usually I work so much and you know, I, I have no time. So usually I spend like the first half of my day off to catch up on whatever I got to do here. And then I'm out, I'm going to do something. I'm, you know, I just, I can't stay cooped up either. Yeah. It, it's rough staying cooped up. That's why that whole, you know, Frank, you went through it too. The whole everything, everything was shut down for two and a half months. Like there was nothing. Yeah. Like I, the first weekend of like the shutdown, it was actually like my birthday weekend. So I had plans. I had dinner reservations in the city at a steakhouse. I was going out. I was going to go to a comedy show after that. Then we were going to stay overnight in the city. And then the whole thing shut down. Governor, the, the mayor shut everything down. It was closed. So we had nothing. I had nothing to do that weekend. So I just, I went to the city by myself and just drove around. There wasn't a car on the road. Like, I'm not joking. I got from the Brooklyn Bridge and then back into New Jersey in like 20 minutes. I was like, this is unheard of. Oh, yeah. It's like a scene straight out of like I Am Legend. Like, you just, there's no one out there. And it's just seeing Times Square empty and all over. It's like the whole world just stopped. That's the best way to describe it is I Am Legend. There was. No, but no one on the sidewalk, no one on the roads. There was nothing. Nothing was open. The lights were off. It was like for the city that never sleeps, it was asleep. Yeah. And it's eerie. Very. That's crazy. I I mean, I saw it on TV and I saw it on the news or whatever, but I, you know, to experience that, I'm sure it's it, the, the quietness too was probably like deafening. That's how weird it was. Oh, it was like scary because like you'd hear the wind like coming through the skyscrapers and stuff like that. Like you never noticed it because the city's so loud with buses, cars, everyone yelling at each other, you know, talking on their phones and stuff. 
but like if you just stopped and like listened you would hear like just wind it was like post-apocalyptic it was weird i don't know i can't even imagine that um what are your guys five-year plans where do you want to where do you see your career where do you see anything in the next five years right for me uh yeah i'll go first for me uh hopefully i'm getting promoted soon i mean i know i talk a lot of shit about uh supervisors uh i will be that supervisor no i'm kidding uh, <laughs> or you could be that supervisor gonna... that changes everything and gives people a positive aspect. Yeah, I could. I, I should. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm gonna be that guy that gives that typical speech where I'm not gonna forget where I came from, which I'm not because I'm not that type of guy that you know, you know, forgets what I did on patrol or forgets what I did with the guys on the calls and stuff like that. Like the guys that get their stripes and then forget where they came from. I don't know what happens to them. Like I get the responsibility with the promotion, but. Like, you know who you were. You know what the guys are doing. That you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, so hopefully I get promoted soon, but, you know, fingers crossed. We'll see. Everyone puts their pants on the same way, so there's no reason to think that just because you have stripes or a bar that uh, you're above everyone else. Exactly. So for me, I mean, I'll be on patrol for as long as possible. I mean, who knows? It's a toss-up with whatever comes my way. I'll take it, but for right now, it's just not to be cliche. Kind of- living the dream. <laughs> well, that's good though. That's in this day and age, as long as you're happy where you're at, I mean, that's, you can't really ask for much more than that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people unhappy that that's good. All right, guys. So we're going to kind of shift gears. We're going to go to the final part of the interview today. Um, this is what I call signal three, but down here in Florida, well, where I work at least that's called a hit and run. A signal three is a hit and run. I don't, what do you guys call it up in Jersey? I mean, I pretty much, yeah, just put it right over hit and run. Yeah, okay, we are, we're not too big on 10 code by us. We just, we're pretty uh, lackadaisical on the radio. We'll just say hit and run. Okay. So here's our hit and run questions. So what they are is basically spitfire. Don't think about it too hard. Question and answer. So what we'll do, um, the same question will be for both of you guys. And we'll just start, we'll start with red. You give your answer and then Frank, and then we'll go to the next one. Sound good? Works for me. Sounds good. All right, here we go. The first one, what is your proudest moment in law enforcement? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I think I, I'll go real quick, like rip it off like a bandaid. It was probably my first CPR save just because, I don't know, that first one always sticks with you. Like every time you go to a, a call and they're like, oh, you, they were just living. Like, no, they were probably a DOA for a while. But your first actual CPR save where you bring them back, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Frank? For me, uh, I would say it would be uh, gun arrests. And that stemmed exactly from uh, taking the uh, street cop training courses and uh, paying attention to people's reactions versus just stopping for uh, minor infractions. Yeah, for sure. That uh, that training definitely changed my career. Um, all right, Red, what's your dream vacation destination? Ooh. Ooh. Dream vacation destination. I'm going to go with uh, the Maldives because one, Ooh, yeah. I probably can't stand being on a plane that long so it's literally a dream and two it looks nice in pictures so it must be nice all right what about frank i'd say australia i've always wanted to uh check out that area and also too i want to see some great whites up close it's kind of like my thing yeah, yeah. nice jaws jaws freaked right. me out when i was little so uh <laughs> <laughs> gotta face that fear yeah. right what happened in jersey you know so <laughs> yeah yeah all right uh red what's your go-to day off drink Go-to day off drink. Uh, go back to Italian right here. Bottle of red. Okay. All right. I'm a classy man. I'm a classy man, you know? <laughs> That's what I do. 
Jack and Coke. Jack and Coke. Favorite on-duty hangout? It's going to sound, uh, we just talked about it for forever, the uh, the diner. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know. So I'm, I'm yeah, I know. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good bonding experience in the middle of the night to go get lunch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. lunch in the middle of the night. Break yeah. bread with the squad. I'd say uh, Duncan. To be cliche. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah, my Duncan started closing in the middle of the night. Ah. It was 24 hours for, for my entire career, and all of a sudden they closed at 11. What, what, when did this happen? COVID. Goddamn Rona. This is why we can't have nice yeah. things. Just ruining everything. Yeah, for us, it was – we got a brand – so Wawa is kind of like a new influx Whoa. down here, right? I know, I know. It was great. The first Wawa that opened up where I work, every, I mean, you would go past there, and it would be the entire squad there. We would make fun of them. But then the locals started taking it over, and now no one goes to the Wawa. So it's uh, that's funny. Yeah, it's bad. All right, Red. Uh, what is your favorite cop movie? Ah, uh, see, they, uh, just one. I got two. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Is I got How two. About I top got three. Like... All right, we'll give you top three. All right, we'll go top three. That's still pretty hard. But I'll go Die Hard. Okay. Yeah. I like. I love the other guys. Mm-hmm. And for third, see, I now I'm on a deadline for three. Uh... <laughs> I gave you three. I can't give you more. I know. Uh, I'm going to go 21 Jump Street. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a good one. Frank, what you got? Uh, let's see. Last Boy Scout, then Training Day and End of Watch. Okay, yep, yep. And Training Day and End of Watch were same director, too, so that's pretty cool. If end of Watch didn't bring tears to somebody to your eyes, like then you're not human, yeah, by the pretty way. pretty much. Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, the thing I liked about End of Watch, and it's the same thing I liked about Southland, it wasn't so much the action. It wasn't the, you know, that part of the storyline. I just like seeing the guys interact in the car because that was just so real to me that I, I, you know, I related to that more than the, the action sequences. Oh, oh without a doubt. Yeah. Like if you did a, a show or a movie where it was just, you know, what happens when the squad's together, that I think that would be a hit just, be, just in the cop world. But I, I think it'd be so authentic that, it needs to happen. Ah, so like, could you imagine like a podcast, just like two partners in a car? Oh my god! Like oh my that, god. that would be a podcast. Absolutely. All right, Red. Um, energy drinks, coffee, or something else to keep you up at night. Nighttime energy drinks. I will shotgun energy drinks at nighttime. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the same. Yeah, it's either. Uh, lately, I was drinking the bangs, and I uh, switched over to rains. Just. Trying to get that uh, caffeine fix. Before you know it, you're going to have to start, like, just freebasing it or something. I mean, All right. I dry scoop pre-workout, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've been doing that, too. It's, I'm sure my liver is shot to shit from it, but, yeah. Um, all right, Red, so think about this, like, bottom of the ninth, coming in to save the game one way or another. What is your walk-on song? I'll go. If I was ever like a UFC fighter, my walkout song would have been "Undead" by Hollywood Undead. That nice. song pumps me up like no other song. I, I'm really interested what Frank's answer is because Frank's his, his way, music. yeah, his his music's way more, <laughs> way better than mine. I'd have to say uh, Boba Flex, "Bury Me with My Guns On." Um, I don't know that one, so I can't even make a comment. <laughs> on, so I'll have to check that one out. <laughs> Um, all right, Red, what's your favorite police unit that you've been a part of? Uh, I'll, I'm going to call it the nerd unit. It's uh, I'm a fatal accident investigator. 
So okay. I'm at, I'm a uh, crash reconstructionist. Oh, the fart so team. it's yeah, I'm on the far team. It's uh <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's it's we're literally the nerd unit because when we get called out it's all math and measurements and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But like it it's kind of cool after like an 8 hour scene investigation to like go from nothing to like determining speed and stuff like that. So uh, that yeah. I'll go with that for now. Nice. That's a good one. For me, uh, I'll just say patrol since that's all I've been. So, <laughs> but, but you know what? I think patrol gets such a bad rep, and you can literally do everything in patrol. So uh, I'm with you on that. Oh, one. Without that. All right, Red. What was your childhood dream job? Like we're going back, like first dream job I ever had in my life. Yeah, like when you were a little kid, what did what did you want to be? Astronaut. Nice. If I could go into space, like when they just launched that SpaceX rocket, I watched it like a little kid. Like I was standing two inches from my screen watching the rocket take off like I was a child again. Nice. Marine biologist. Okay, so Wait, you can swim what with are the you, sharks. George Costanza? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Red, not to make you jealous, but finally Florida's got a win here. I can stand outside of my apartment here, look just a little bit to the east, and whenever there's a rocket launch, I can see it in the distance. Ooh, that is a shot right to the gut, I'm going to tell yeah. you right now. Sorry, you, you've had everything else in this conversation. I, I finally got one. I got airplanes over my house every eight seconds. Is that else? Oh, yeah. I got that. <laughs> All right. So uh, so we talked about the fantasy. Now, if you weren't a cop, what do you think you'd be doing? Hmm. Uh, uh, I, I would like to say I'd be an engineer, but I'd have to go back to school for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so most likely I'd be doing construction. Okay. Frank? And I, I, for one point, I was thinking of uh, graphic design and going into like computer gaming and stuff like that, just because nice. I, I like art, like drawing and all that. So, good way to uh, de-stress. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so I gave you your top three cop movies. Now you got to give me one. What's your favorite movie? Yeah, my favorite movie like changes like based on whatever movie I just watched. Yeah, that's true. I will say the one movie that I will stop whatever I'm doing and watch it every time it's on TV is Bloodsport. That is a classic. Right yeah. I don't know why. It's just I it, that movie, like as bad as the action scenes actually, the fight scenes actually are, I can't help myself. For me, it would be Goodfellas. That's probably just tying back to my Italian heritage. Ah. Uh, yeah. That's a good yep. one. I changed my movie, Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you. Who's your favorite Looney Tune? Daffy. Wiley Cody. Okay. Yeah, I can see both of those. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> All right, Red, what's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Prenup. <laughs> uh, all right, he wins. But I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> the hardest decision to ever make is usually the right decision. And I think that ties all into right. anything. Yeah, absolutely. All right, this is another tough one. If you were given a do-over, what is something in your life that you would do differently? Ooh. Oh, now I got to get personal with myself. <laughs> I would have moved out of Jersey. Would you? Yeah. Where to? I don't know. I mean, I was thinking out West, possibly Texas. Okay. Why Texas? I have family there and it's just. Not Jersey? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Minus the heat and everything. I mean, and you know, the potential for twisters, but eh, take what you can get. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, I, uh, I probably, 
almost to piggy off of the back off of uh, Frank's is I probably would have went to college outside of New Jersey. Okay. Because I don't know if I wanted to leave Jersey completely as much as I trash Jersey. You know, I'm always going to get stuck here. But uh, I would say probably go to college outside of the state. Yeah. When I graduated high school, it, that was my goal was to get out of Jersey. And I didn't expect to go 18 hours away, but um, I originally went to school in Connecticut. And even just that little bit of a difference, it, it I needed that for sure. All right. What's your favorite late night snack? Oof. Cheese fries. Ooh. If I'm going to late night snack, I'm going to late night snack. Yeah, there you go. I think from a diner, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. I'd say nachos. Get some uh, Dorito chips, mixed cheese, some sour cream. Put that in the microwave. Good to go. Nice, nice. All right, last question, guys. If you were stuck in a foxhole, who would you want to be trapped with to help you get out? Ooh. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> You got some thinkers for yeah, us. Yeah, seriously. Uh, do they have to be real? Um, <laughs> yes, yes, they have to be real. All right. Um, man, I don't even know. Frank, you go. Oh, thanks. Yeah, put me on the spot. I mean, yeah, yeah, a little Jersey love right there. Yeah. <laughs> this one's the stumper. This is the stumper. This is absolutely the stumper. I'm probably overthinking this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You're absolutely overthinking it. You know what? Screw it. I'm going, even though his character is fictional, I'm going Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't care. Okay. That works. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hmm. Yeah. Fictional, but, you know, he was the last great action hero. I'll go Ryan Reynolds. Okay. I mean, if you don't even get out, at least you got a sense of humor to get you through Yeah, it. pretty much. Exactly. Considering, you know, it's fitting. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. So that concludes Signal 3, Hit and Run. So you guys did good. All right, guys. So that is going to conclude the Jersey Boys uh, version of the 10-8 podcast. I want to thank Red Gun Squad and Frank Castle for joining me. We're going to do this again. We're going to get Blue Line Grit and maybe we'll find a couple other Jersey guys uh, coming through. I'm sure there's a lot. Jersey guys are uh, very notoriously uh, sarcastic and funny and all that good stuff. Do you guys want to, uh, one more time, go ahead and plug your Instagrams, plug whatever you want. Uh, We'll start with Red and then we'll uh, get the hell out of here. Hi, everybody. Uh, Ten, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, a lot of brotherly love uh, from the Thin Blue Line and Jersey, obviously. Again, I'm at uh, I'm Red Gun Squad, at Red Gun Squad, R-E-D-G-U-N-S-Q-U-A-D. Uh, give us a like, you know? See if, uh, see if I make you laugh. That's all I ask for. And again, you know, thanks, 10-8, for getting this set up and everything. You know, nice to have all... Jersey boys come together for a podcast and, you know, shoot the shit about what's going on, all Jersey things. Again, if you want, give a like, give a follow. It's Frank underscore Castle 361. Uh, You're mostly just going to see a whole bunch of uh, stupid memes that you're probably going to relate to and get a nice chuckle out of it. Maybe uh, get some new artists to listen to with the music selection. All right. Again, I want to thank you guys. And uh, next time I'm up in Jersey, we'll we'll stop at a diner and we'll get some Taylor ham. Absolutely. Oh, you know it, brother. 
All right. And we will be right back after this. Thanks, guys. Red Gun Squad and Frank Castle three six one for having the, that conversation with me. Um, once again, go check out their Instagram handles. Very uh, funny and enjoyable. I'm sure you'll get a kick out of it. Uh, the conversation definitely brought back a little nostalgia for me, and hopefully, it was an entertaining experience for everyone involved. Uh, like I alluded to in the opening, we're going to have several of these, probably about once a month, and the discussions are going to get a little deeper, actually a lot deeper than what we had today, and they actually may be a little difficult to talk about. Um, Some topics that will be discussed is going to be depression, relationship issues, line of duty deaths, and addiction. Um, So yeah, they're going to be less jovial than other episodes, and definitely this one. But listen, these conversations are conversations that need to be had. Something that we in law enforcement forget about sometimes, and society forgets about most of the time, is that we're human. In my mind, and we're talking since I was a kid to now, first responders are superheroes. Now, firefighters count as well. They just kind of sleep a little bit more. I kid. I kid. But while we, what we do is definitely heroic, we aren't absent of feelings, and the job's impact on us is very real. I can think of several individual instances in my own life where stress from work has caused me to act in ways that I definitely should not have and had me do things that I definitely should not have done. So for today's Code 4 check, uh, I want to tell you about Blue Help. Help stands for Honor, Educate lead prevent blue help is an organization where they honor the service of law enforcement officers who have died by suicide because they believe which is true it's not about how they died that mattered it's how they lived their website bluehelp.org also provides a ton of resources for those in need they also have an instagram which is blue help l e blue help l e that concludes the episode today I want to thank everyone for tuning in and giving your support yet again. If you are enjoying what I'm doing, please rate, review, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And tell your friends. Uh, and if you aren't already, check out the 108 Instagram page, which is 108 underscore memes for police memes, merchandise, and more. The music today is Gone by Bouncing Souls, On and On and On by Estrella Manifesto. Um, you just heard Bury Me With My Guns On by Boba Flex, and we're going to be ending in just a moment with Undead by The Hollywood Undead. The next episode we will have uh, is going to be a big brain discussion regarding law enforcement stress and burnout from a scientific standpoint. I know it might be a little over the head of uh, most of the guys listening, but I guarantee you, you will enjoy it and it's going to be very easily to be digest. It's going to be good. You're going to like it. Also, next episode, I will be doing some mailbag stuff and an ask me anything, just a little one. Um, so if you want to have your question submitted, then just send it to the 108 podcast at gmail.com. That's it. The 108 podcast, no underscores or spaces at gmail.com. And in the, in the subject, put ask me anything. And that way I know that this is for that. All right. Before I close tonight, 
As we near the all-dreaded election, I just wanted to share a quote by Ryan Holiday from his book, The Obstacle is the Way. Whatever we face, we have a choice. Will we be blocked by obstacles, or will we advance through and over them? Think about it. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and take care of each other. 10-8, out.